Well, it was on February 9th, 2005, that our church purchased these six acres that we're sitting on right now. It looked a lot different back then, I assure you. It was wooded and swampish and muddy and filled with mosquitoes and all kinds of things. And, and uh, it was hard to picture at that time what the Lord was going to do at this time. But God had already graciously given to us, even back then, about $60,000 that we needed so that we could uh, purchase the land outright. Um, which are hard to imagine $60,000 or $10,000 an acre out here. Couldn't buy that anywhere close to that right now. But we began to pray as a church and plan for the next steps. And so we went from our, our deacons to adding to the building committee different men in the church to, to pool the wisdom. And the Lord allowed other people outside. As we prayed, it was just all along. One, just the few minutes I want to take this afternoon will not give me the time to, to go into the detail that really speaks of God's just amazing guidance throughout the years, but just the building process. He gave us just the right architect that um, understood our needs, had a background in helping churches, had such wisdom, as I look back now, realize even more now than I did at the time that Bob Cashin was just who God appointed for us. Gave us just the right site engineer that could help us through, you know, we, we saw six acres on a corner out here. And it's like, oh, this is great. Well, it wasn't nearly the prime property as far as the continuity of the soil and everything like that. And, you know, we really, we bought swamp. We bought wetlands is what we bought. And yet, God brought the right people into our lives to help us with that. Gave us the right project management company to help us through the construction of the building. And through the process, Brother Dale and Sister Mary have become a permanent part of our church family here. And he was our original project manager with the company. And, you know, God knew all of those things. That was all part of God's plan. We were outgrowing the location that we were renting at 340 Highway 90 East that Becky mentioned in her testimony, the, what we all often referred to as the warehouse building. That did make it challenging, by the way, for people to find us. Even though we had a prominent sign out by the road, people would still say, well, you know, I tried to find you, but all I could see was a warehouse, you know. And they'd drive by. Even after I told them, I said, you know, we're in a metal building. We're in a warehouse. That's us, you know. Somehow, I don't think they believed me, you know, but uh, somehow God brought some people to us and it wasn't a, a hindrance for those that it wasn't supposed to be for. But while we were there, we, we outgrew it, which was a good problem to have. And so the call to rise and build was confirmed by the entire congregation. Uh, it was always a blessing to have a sense of unity and confirmation as a church family that this was not just something that a few people in the church were pushing forward, but there was a peace. What was also exciting was to see how, though we were a relatively small congregation, God provided about 40% of all the money that we needed through the giving of our, our members, attendees, and from 
friends of the ministry. A lot of people, even back then, would visit on vacation and became very connected to us and believed in what the Lord was doing here. And uh, the Lord put a, a tender spot in their hearts to, to give uh, to us on top of what they were sometimes giving to their own congregations. And so, though we tried to be very frugal and hit the right balance of, of building something that would be functional, that would be uh, honorable to the Lord, but not overboard as far as uh, building something that was palatial or anything like that, still, building's expensive. It is now, it was back then. And so, we figured that we needed about $1.2 million to do everything that needed to be done. A lot of that had to do with the site work and uh, getting, getting just the property ready to put a building on top of it. We had, as Brother Mike mentioned, we had difficulty finding a bank that would work with us. Uh, there wasn't one that would do it. So the Lord pointed us toward the selling of bonds using a very reputable servicing company. In June of 2006, Anchor Baptist Church began a financing program for all the additional money that we needed to develop the site and to construct the building that we're sitting in right now. We, if we had stayed on track with the program to pay off the bonds because they were uh, from beginning to end, the last of the bonds would have been paid off in 25 years. So our lending program was a 25-year uh, process. Uh, if we had continued that and never changed anything, we would have been paying about $1.5 million in interest uh, on top of paying back the principal on top of that. So over the next several years, we would aggressively pay off the bonds early. We didn't know it at the time whether we could do that, but we had peace that God was leading us down that road. And so we would pay off the bonds by uh, paying them off early when the Lord would bless us with money. And as Mike also mentioned, there was a couple times where we were able to convert it to a mortgage or part of it to a mortgage and then refinance our mortgage into a better mortgage and all along the way, we tried to, every time we could, pay extra money uh, to pay down the principal to save on the interest, but never doing it to the point that it became like an obsession with us, like nothing else mattered. We tried to realize we're first and foremost a church, and we're here to minister. We're not, you know, we're not a building with people in it. We're people that happen to meet in a building. And we're thankful for the facility, but it's like anything else. It's a tool. On April 2nd of this year, hidden in the camouflage of the coronavirus concerns and the pandemic that spread across our globe, we were able to make the very final payment to the bank for what we owed. The church paid off the debt more than 11 years early. Instead of paying a total of $1.5 million in interest, we paid a little over $500,000 in interest. Still a lot of money, but we saved over a million dollars that we didn't pay. 
What a blessing from the Lord. What a work of the Lord. In Leviticus chapter 25, and beginning at verse 10, uh, we read, And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. A, ju a jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither shall ye reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee ye shall return every man unto his possession. So in this text, the Lord was setting forth for the children of Israel a time of release. A release for everyone from their debts, what they owed. People who had been indentured because of their debts and what they owed would be set freed from their servitude. Many people walked into a sense of slavery because of their financial problems. And so properties that had been sold would be restored to the original families. Everything reset in this 50th year. It was called the year of Jubilee. It was a time of great celebration. It was also a sabbatical year. If we took the time to read all of chapter 25, you would hear talking how they every seven years they would let the land rest. They weren't to plant the crops. And so it had just happened when they came to a jubilee year that if you remember your multiplication tables, one of the multiples of seven is 49. So the 49th year would have been a sabbatical year and then right after that would have followed the year of Jubilee. So really two years in a row, they're supposed to let the land rest, and then there's this giving back. But again, you think, wow, that would be hard. But what they were celebrating was freedom, liberty. It was a grand national reset, a reassessment for the people. People were not being rebuked because they had sold their properties and themselves. In some cases, it was their only option. It was the providence of God. It was not a sin, necessarily, that they found themselves in these situations. But the year of Jubilee was a wonderful demonstration of God's graciousness. When we prayerfully voted as a church to use borrowed money, to help accomplish our project, we knew that there was a commitment and a financial bondage that we were entering into. The Bible tells us the borrower is slave to the lender. There's commitments you make when you enter into that kind of agreement. It's not something that you should enter into lightly. And those years of being a borrower, we can look back on and say, those were not bad years for us. It's the path the Lord directed us to take. The Lord taught us many lessons during those years. I have to confess that there were times that I began to 
doubt as I looked at circumstances and situations in the midst of the moment and thinking, did I lead this church right, shepherding them and encouraging them to take this path? There were those moments. But as we waited on the Lord, He would once again show not to doubt in the dark what He had previously shown us in the light. What were some of the lessons that He taught us over those years? One is that we learn that God Himself is really the one who supplies our needs. It's God. We may put money in the plate. We might write checks to the mortgage company. But it was always and always will be the Lord who made sure that we never missed a payment. It was the Lord who enabled us to pay extra. Numerous times the Lord would prompt someone to give additional money to pay off the loan. It wasn't because we went into a pledge drive. It wasn't because there was any pressures, any mailings that were done. There were opportunities that were mentioned, and people were encouraged to give graciously as the Lord led them. And you did. We did. And many that have gone on that are not with us anymore gave as well. We also learned that God sustains us during catastrophes. When the fire torched our building on December 12, 2011, we saw the Lord touch the hearts of several individuals. This resulted in free places for us to worship during the reconstruction and a completely restored facility with lots of improvements within just seven months' period of time. Things are never as they were, but again, we walked away with not paying anything out of our pockets for the reconstruction. In fact, the payoff for the loss of the contents of the building, because we had already put a lot of stuff up in that attic, <laughs> a lot of stuff that we probably would never use again or almost forgot that we had. The insurance company told us that they wanted us to list it, that they were going to reimburse us for everything that was lost. As a result of that, and because we didn't rebuy, at least initially, everything that was lost, some of the things we never rebought, we able, after we finished restoring the building, we were able to pay off a significant of extra money on the loan principal because we had a fire. Only the Lord can do something like that. Only God can improve your bottom line by means of a catastrophe. We also learn that freedom is founded in Christ. John 8.36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Circumstances and situations can never put a true child of God in spiritual bondage. We are to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, Galatians 5.1 tells us. Now you may owe, and you may serve others, but even in the midst of that, as a believer, you're always still free indeed if you've been liberated by Jesus Christ. Nothing can change that. The moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, you began your own personal jubilee, a jubilee of freedom, 
and it doesn't end after just one year is up. It doesn't get celebrated just every 50th year. It's a constant state for every believer, and it continues on into eternity. If we had rented the last 11 years, rather than building our own facility as God led us, we would have spent considerably more than we ever have in the plan that we were, we were following from the Lord. And we would still have zero equity. That doesn't mean that renting and leasing is a, a wrong path. It just wasn't the path that God had for us. We still have financial obligations as a church. We have commitments that we've made to missionaries, utility companies, and such. But with the retiring of the mortgage, we have already been able to direct ministry funds in other needy directions. We've helped missionaries, Christian camps. We've edified needy believers through the Benevolence Fund, and on it goes. It really is more blessed to give than receive. We understand that as we give individually to the church, and as a church, we all get to rejoice as we get to turn around and help others others as we give collectively we have also been able to make some needed improvements to the facility which God has entrusted to us again not just for our own comforts but to facilitate the effectiveness of the gospel ministry what a blessing that we were able to put in place video and audio equipment so that what started out is just our shut-ins, being able to enjoy the services, though they could not come to our facility anymore, to realize that there would be many people outside of that that would be able to enjoy services of Anchor Baptist Church no matter where they find themselves using their electro, electronic equipment. It will be exciting to see how the Lord leads in the days and years ahead as we budget and plan now that we don't have a mortgage payment. We don't know what the Lord has in store for us in the years ahead. We can never say that the Lord would never, in the future of Anchor Baptist Church, ever have us to, to build another building and to possibly have a loan with that. But I do implore each and every one of us to pray for God's guidance as a church, for me as your pastor, for the deacons as decisions will be made in this era of jubilee that we find ourselves right now. What does God have in store for Anchor Baptist Church? Will we support more missionaries? Add ministry staff here to the church? Plan for future expansion? Plan for more outreach opportunities? The list of questions and considerations go on. The answers all need to have the same thread in common and that is that it's led of the Lord just as we've tried to always seek His face in the past. Perhaps it will be several, if not all of these things that I've just mentioned. We have much for which we should thank the Lord. In a moment, we're going to burn a facsimile of our church mortgage. Don't worry, we've got water, okay? Always nervous when you talk about a fire in the church after what we went through in 2011. And we're going to end our service by singing the very familiar hymn, Jesus Paid It All. And I'd like us to sing that while the mortgage papers are burning.
And as we sing, let's praise God for his graciousness to the building program of our church. But again, our church is not mostly about brick and mortar and shingles and trusses and carpet and chairs. Our church is about the people, the people that gather to worship, that really are the bricks that make up the body of Christ. And so, more importantly, as you sing, Jesus paid it all. Rejoice in the jubilee, the jubilee that Jesus brings to your soul. Because when it comes to your sin debt, Jesus did that. Jesus paid it all. Amen? Amen.